Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 228 of Optimal Living Advice, the podcast where we take any questions you might have about the many struggles of life and get them answered for you here on the show. I am your host, Certified Life Coach, Greg Audino, reminding you before we begin that if you have a question you would like help with on the show, we welcome you to email it to us at advice at oldpodcast.com. Nice to have you guys back here after the weekend for part two of the question we started looking at on Friday. I hope that you are recharged after a nice couple of days and have that last episode in memory. But first, some quick housekeeping, folks, before we do proceed with the second part. Now, in case you haven't heard the the flashy and exciting news out of my other show, Optimal Relationships Daily, there is a whole lot more content being produced over there now than there was. Now, normally on that show, what I have been doing is narrating articles about relationships written primarily by therapists, psychiatrists, life coaches, authors, and the like, and then providing some of my own thoughts afterwards. Up until last week, that was just Monday through Friday, but it is now going to seven days a week. On Sundays, I will be doing the same thing, reading content that's centered on helping you improve your relationships, and on Saturdays, I'll actually be sharing past OLA episodes that have to do with relationships. Certainly, there have been plenty of them. And in addition to that, we have also partnered with Spotify to offer some subscriber-only episodes. So, if you listen to the show on Spotify, you will see subscriber-only bonus episodes available on your feed, and you can listen to all of them for just $4.99 a month. $4.99, that is. And uh, those episodes are a little bit different. Basically, I'll be breaking down exercises from our OLD workbook, which you can find on oldpodcast.com if you're interested, and helping people to expand upon them by offering deep dives and suggestions for how to execute the exercises at an individual level. It's lots of fun. It's a little something different. And if you do not have the OLD workbook, that's fine too. You can follow along easily without it. So I know that's a lot to remember, a lot to take in, but it's also a lot to be excited about. And it is much easier to understand if you were to just go to the ORD feed in your Spotify app. God knows I tend to make things more confusing when I try to explain them. So uh, consider checking all of that out if you like being part of the OLD family uh, and you want to have access to a little bit more of what we're now offering. And now for today's show, yes, we've got a job to do here. If you didn't catch the first part on Friday, I recommend doing so or else this one will make very little sense to you. But if you are ready, I will read the question again after the jingle and then offer our asker more feedback to compound what we talked about last time. Here we go. I am three months into a new relationship with a very lovely guy. Compassionate, understanding, and level-headed. Awesome. However, my old trust issues have decided to come knocking again. I stupidly clicked on his following list on Instagram, and bam! Half-naked hot chicks with tattoos everywhere. He's liked many of their pictures, and even popped a few cheeky comments underneath tagging his mates. And there I go, instantly putting my guard up and starting to resent them. For what? I have no idea. How can I stop this self-sabotaging behavior? It's so unhealthy and stems from old insecurities and old cheating partners. This is a behavior that has to stop. Okay, there it is again. And uh, now, now that in the first part we've isolated the event in question and reminded ourselves of the value in separating each event like this 
from your tendency to self-sabotage. Let's talk this time about that habit of self-sabotaging and how to hopefully overcome it. You've done a really good job of identifying the act of checking his following list as something that likely yields no benefits. If you do confront him about this and he admits to cheating and, and you break up with him and you meet your future husband the next day, then, then yes, that would count as a benefit. But what I mean is that it is much more likely for you to develop irrational fears from checking that list than it is for you to find proof of something worth being concerned over. But what else? What else are you doing to sabotage yourself? That's the question. It's really important for you to become aware of the times that you are most likely to fall into this behavior, the other ways in which you often sabotage yourself. If you can get familiar with what self-sabotage often looks like for you, so when the feelings come up as well as what behavior you pair with them, then you'll be making progress. If you know when it's most likely to happen and you identify it beforehand as usually being a form of self-sabotage, you'll be in a position to think more clearly about it before acting and entertaining the idea that you might be about to do more harm than good. So take some time to reflect on other instances in which you are riled up without justification and how you seek them out. A great way of doing this is to journal about such things. Not only can you start by writing down ideas based on what I just said, but you can also check in with yourself at the end of each day, reflecting on what actions you took or things you said that really just stirred the pot and don't actually represent any evidentiary wrongdoing from your partner. Think about what you did to self-sabotage and the thoughts that preceded the self-sabotage. So that way you can watch them and recognize them as potential red flags in the future. I might also recommend seeking counsel from people you know who are similar to you in this way. Do you have any girlfriends that have similar pasts or similar fears of being hurt, but are currently navigating successful relationships in spite of those feelings? If you have any of them, ask them to level with you. How do they do it? What do they do when those feelings come up? What types of conversations have they maybe had with their partners that put them at ease? How can they tell the difference between their current partners who are good to them and old partners who wronged them? Between the strategies those people have told you and any other behavior alternatives you can think of on your own, pair them together. Pair them with those times that you know those old feelings are likely to come up. So for example, this is me uh, quoting an imaginary problem you might find yourself having. I know I get angry with him. That's the feeling when he doesn't compliment my outfit after I've spent hours getting ready for a nice event. That's the trigger. And when I get angry about this, I compensate by telling him the reasons that he doesn't look good, like his tie being crooked, his suit being wrinkled, or his hair being a mess. That's the action. But the next time he doesn't compliment me after I feel I look really nice, instead, I'll compliment him anyway, take a breath, and head into the bathroom to spend a minute admiring how well my look came together. And that, of course, is the healthier alternative action. So putting together a plan like this, with action tied to it, is much more directional and therefore much more effective. So think about some healthier behaviors that sound enjoyable to you and assign them to certain situations. Make that plan. Trust in that plan. And finally, 
you have to trust in yourself too. Trust in yourself to be able to get through these tough times. Trust in yourself to be okay with anxiety or, God forbid, with even more failed relationships. You know, the more you can get comfortable with bad feelings that take place in or after a relationship, the less attachment you'll have, the less unhealthy attachment you'll have, and the more you'll be able to see the relationship anew. Easier said than done, yes, but I, what I know from our exchanges and what you also know is that you are capable of overcoming obstacles and developing a support system of love in your life. Okay, you've done it many times, you've done it time and again, and that's not going anywhere. And that brings us to the end, friends. A lot has been discussed over the course of this one and 227, and I believe all that's left to say is thank you. Thank you for sticking with me, and thank you to the asker for being brave, asking tough questions, and continuing to come back and choose OLA for the different troubles she finds herself facing. I really hope everyone gained something from this Q&A, and you know I'll be back again on Wednesday, everyone, for more of the same. I hope you'll be back too. Until then, everybody.